0: Welcome to the Spirit of Life Ministries. Spirit of Life Ministries, aim is to call to the born again body of believers to manifest the kingdom of God through the teaching and proclamation of the word of God, as well as the greater good for all humanity. Spirit of Life Foundation is based on Ephesians 4th chapter for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and fullness of Christ, to the edifying of the body of Christ in love. Spirit of Life Ministries' heart is for the restoration of the soul and greater good for all out of love. Please welcome now, Sister Beatrice Jackson.
1: Thank you for joining Spirit of Life Ministries. I am Sister B. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this day and an opportunity to minister your word again. Ask that you give me the grace to minister what you have given me and open the hearts of the hearers in the name of Jesus. And before I go any further, I give honor to God, the Son Jesus, who is the head of my life, and the Holy Spirit. Well, we are yet talking about not being unequally yoked. We are in a series in relationships, praise God. And last week I left off um, mentioning that there's another aspect of not being unequally yoked, that can present itself. That's when it, two people are married and uh, there comes to a point where one receives Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and the other has not yet. And that can present a situation where they become unequally yoked. Let's go to Amos, the third chapter, verse three. And this is where God is is talking Uh, to Israel. And he says, can two walk together except they be agreed? So it's important, just like it's important for us to be in agreement with God in order to have the right relationship by taking on his mind concerning matters and living according to his word. It's the same way with us as human beings. There must be an agreement in order to be able to walk together. There must be a peace a camaraderie a companionship i mentioned before a fellowship and that that has to be based on the word of god when the born again believer becomes converted it's important that their spouse make a decision to either walk together with them or they can leave let's read in 1 corinthians the 7th chapter starting at verse 12 this will bring it home better and before i move there i, I just want to say uh, Amos three verses four through six point out some inconsistencies and we want to stay away from that. So keep that in mind. It's very important. That's what, that's another thing that comes along with, uh, walking in agreement, being consistent with one another. first Corinthians, the seventh chapter, starting at verse 12, and I'll be reading out of the amplified version. It says to the rest, I declare, Paul is saying this here, I, not the Lord, since Jesus did not discuss this, that if any believing brother has a wife who does not believe in Christ and she consents to live with him, he must not leave her. The King James Version says in the place of that word, consents, pleased. If she be pleased to stay with him, he must not put her away. He must not let her leave. Verse 13, if any believing woman has an unbelieving husband and he consents to live with her, she must not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified, that is, he receives the blessings granted through his Christian wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be ceremonially unclean. But as it is, they are holy. Verse 15, if the unbelieving partner leaves, let him leave. In such cases, the remaining brother or sister is not spiritually or morally bound, but God has called us to peace. And this is why, in verse 16, this is why if the unbelieving husband or wife wants to stay, let them stay. For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband by leading him to Christ? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife by leading her to Christ? And there are some examples in the Bible by a person living in and life as an example before other people or their spouses, where the other person has come to Christ. Thank you, Jesus. I also want to make this point about the yoke. Uh, Now, I did talk about two oxen being yoked together, which is appropriate. But one thing I did not mention in times past is that usually an older ox is paired with a younger ox. And that was for experience because the older ox was more experienced and the younger being inexperienced had to learn from the older in order to plow and work together and learn to walk together efficiently, plow together efficiently. It's the same way with the unbelieving husband or wife. They learn. We can call the, the person that's the born again believer the experienced ox. Let's look at them as the experienced ox showing the the younger, inexperienced ox in order to plow together, learn to live together, walk together, and move forward in life efficiently and progress together. Let's go to Titus, the second chapter. And this is an example where Paul is reminding Titus in verse 6. And he says, young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded exhort means to remind or put in remembrance to be sober-minded in the amplify version verse 6 in a similar way urge the young men to be sensible and self-controlled to behave wisely taking life seriously and in all things show yourself to be an example of good works with purity and doctrine having the strictest regard for integrity and truth dignified sound And beyond reproach in instruction, so that the opponent of the faith will be shamed, having nothing bad to say about you. And the King James Version says, sound speech. Not just sound, but sound speech. Let our speech speech be sound. This is a a very good example of how we're to carry ourselves. And I use this example here, and it says young men, but this, as a believer, as a believer, this is how we are to be. And this is what helps pull other people to Christ. Draw other people to Christ, I shouldn't say pull, but helps draw other people to Christ. I want to read something else that that um, describes sober-mindedness. It's characterized by seriousness. It's a lack of excess. Excess meaning debauchery. It's a lack of debauchery, meaning extreme indulgence on bodily pleasures and especially sexual behaviors involving uh, sex or drugs alcohol often considered immoral and living a single living with a single minded focus that's what it means to be sober minded it also means to be rational versus irrational excuse me irrational or unreasonable it means to be sensible this is the way that we are to carry ourselves this It's the kind of behavior and mindset that draws people to Christ. Not inconsistencies, not double-mindedness. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because that sends a message of confusion to people. And oftentimes, well, some have not wanted to come to Christ. So I've heard because of watching other people's behavior being so inconsistent. So we're to be sober-minded, and we're to carry ourselves in a way that honors and glorifies God. Thank you, Jesus. It also speaks of the women um, earlier in that chapter. It talks about the aged women teaching the the younger women. Uh, women in general. I'll just summarize it: that our behavior is to be as it becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine. Teachers of good things to love our husbands, love our children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, and obedient to our husbands and husbands let me tell you this you you you're supposed to love your wife as Christ loved the church too, so <laughs> I just have to put that plug in there um, because some some men want the woman to be obedient to their husbands yet they they have uh, They have need of learning how to love their wives like Christ loved the church. And it goes on to say that the word of God be not blasphemed. That's the end of verse 5. So this is the way we are to carry ourselves as an example. This too draws to Christ. Another example is in Matthew 5 where Jesus is talking about salt in verse 13 and light in verse 16 it's talking about light before that but i want to focus on verse 16. jesus says ye are the salt of the earth but if the salt have lost its savour, wherewith shall it be salted it is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men now salt as we know is a preservative and salt is also a change agent. If you sprinkle it on your food, it, it tastes, you, you know, it changes the taste. We're also acting as light. But let me go back to here and, and talk about savor. What happens when we lose our savor? What does that mean? That means if the loss, excuse me, is the salt has lost its flavor, becoming tasteless, having lost the ability to make Thirsty for spiritual truth and to preserve from further corruption. Do you hear that? This is what happens when the salt has lost its savor or flavor. But then the opposite effect holds true. When we be that salt of the earth, we be that salt, and we can be that draw. We can be that draw, amen? And be that preservative from further corruption. And and make people thirsty for spiritual truth, amen? Thank you, Jesus. It also says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. This right here is a draw. And, And people are drawn to light. People are drawn to light. These are just a few examples of how we are to carry ourselves, in order to draw people to Christ and draw that unbelieving spouse to the Lord. To draw that unbelieving, that's the end goal, to draw that unbelieving spouse. And it's by our behavior, it's by our behavior. And it takes the experienced ox to be yoked together with the inexperienced dogs in order to teach them how to walk in the way that the Lord would have us to go. Walk in the way that Jesus says to walk. Well, praise God. My time is up. I thank you for joining me. This is Spirit of Life Ministries. I'm Sister B. Until next time, God bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to Spirit of Life Ministries, an end time ministry purpose for revival of the heart toward God, restoration of the soul for the hungry and the lost. Revelation 22, 17 says, and the spirit and the bride say come, and let those that hear say come, and let them that are athirst come, they that will, let them take the water of life freely. If you would like to contact or be a blessing to the ministry, spirit of life ministries can be reached at 414-249-5121 until next time thank you and god bless you